Junior Championship, red, white, blue, and gold. Welcome to episode number two of the Beyond the Boards podcast. My name is Dan Cooper. I'm joined by my dear friend and excellent partner, Dylan Terry. Dylan, how are you? Uh, pretty good, considering uh, my team is beating yours right now, two to nothing at the current moment. Yeah, I mean, the the Lightning are currently getting um, their asses handed to them by the Blackhawks tonight. Like, it is... Like, hand up. Like, I'll admit it as a Lightning fan, not our best effort. As I think I was telling you earlier, what I think is going on with the Lightning. The Lightning, you know, we played the first two games of the season against you guys. Um, destroyed you guys, and I think they thought that they could just not try tonight. Yeah, I mean, the Hawks have been surprising people all year, and even tonight's game is a little bit of a surprise. I figured Tampa was going to come into town and take care of business like usual, but, I mean, the Hawks are staying right with them and controlling actually most of the play, so I'm – very satisfied with how the game's going so far. But like I said uh, to you before we got on air, I'm waiting for our annual third period collapse. So hopefully the boys can hang yeah. on, but I doubt they will. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, either way, yeah, the Hawks, they 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 look a much improved from those first couple games. I haven't watched a ton of Hawks games this year, but, you know, they, they got some pieces there for sure. Uh, but, you know, you know what I like about this time of season hockey, like, you kind of know who the pretenders and the contenders are at this point. You know, we're 20 games in. This would be around the Thanksgiving portion of the year where everybody says, like, oh, if you're a playoff team by Thanksgiving, you know, what? I think the stats, like, if you're a playoff team by Thanksgiving in a normal year, um, then then I, I believe 78% of those teams end up in the playoffs at the end of the season. Yep. I mean, you're already starting to hear it around the league. Trade rumors are starting to float out there. Um, Jack Eichel might be on the block. I mean, we've all yeah. we've already heard stuff about yeah. Crosby being potentially moved. I mean, the rumor mill is starting to starting to Always generate churning. some. Always yeah, churning. the <laughs> mill is churning, Dylan. And let's talk about Jack Jack Eichel for a second. I know we actually didn't plan on talking, but now that you mention it, let's talk about him for a second because I think he's going to get dealt. I, I mean, think I think I think he's going. I don't know to who. I think it's going to be really tough with the salary cap, but I think he's he wants to play to a contender. And if he's not dealt at this deadline, I don't hot take. I'll come out hot right to start the show. Hot take. He will not be a Buffalo Saber by the start of next season. He will not be a Saber. I mean, if the Sabers have any common sense whatsoever, they would try to move him right now. If Eichel and does indeed want to get out of Buffalo, I mean, I think is. Um, no movement clause in his contract kicks in, I think two years from now, I believe. So, I mean, if the Sabres want to try to get the best value in return for him, well, they're the ones that are in the control of the negotiations. They would be smarter to move him within the next two years. So I would agree with you. If Eichel does want out that the Sabres should cut ties with him right as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, you would think so. And I, I think for the Sabres fans, like, I genuinely genuinely feel bad for Buffalo Sabres fans because, you know, 
they thought that Eichel would be their savior in some ways. And he really hasn't been like just straight up. He's a great player by himself, but that's the problem. He's been by himself. They try to get him help. You know, there's a whole Jeff Skinner debacle. I believe we touched on that on on our last episode, but I mean, it's a complete mess and you're right, Dylan, his no movement does kick in in 22, 23. So that's a couple seasons from now, you know, they have all the leverage. If they wait that long, he can virtually dictate to where he goes and diminish and that return would diminish. Exactly. But I think That's if you're the Sabres, <clears throat> the only hope I feel like you have is maybe you trade Eichel and you get a haul for him and you're able to use that haul to rebuild your team, kind of like how the Senators have done it with, you know, did it with Carlson and whatnot and that deal. Obviously, the Senators are still far from a finished product, but they're hoping in, you know, three, you know, two to three to five years that they're a decent team again. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really it's a really bleak situation in Buffalo for sure. Exactly, man. And like I said, if the Sabers have a brain, they would do it now. But it, we again, we are talking about the Buffalo Sabers, who did give a nine million dollar contract to Jeff Skinner after one good year, and <laughs> just made a lot of questions oh, moves over the last uh, ten or so years. So I mean, I guess we'll have to Absolutely. wait and see what happens, but. Yeah, and speaking of questionable moves, speaking of questionable moves, our good friend Alex Ovechkin, who I think is the best pure goal scorer of all time, hands down. Um, very accurate with a stick. Um, he decided yesterday to, uh, during last night's game against the Boston Bruins, which, again, I thought this was hilarious, simply because it happened um, against the Boston Bruins, who are the dirtiest team in the league, bunch of scumbags on that team. I think it's funny to see them get a taste of their own mention as Alex Ovechkin spear. What was his name? Who, who, who did he spear on the Trent Bruce? Fetter, Trent. I can't even say his name right now. Holy shit. Trent Frederick. There Trent Frederick. Yeah, there we go. So he decided <laughs> to spear Trent Frederick, who I heard. I've seen him play. and I always forget his name because he's he's a pretty young guy. I think he's kind of a pest. And, he, and you know what? Honestly, based on kind of how I've seen this guy play this year, he kind of deserves it. So good for Ovi. Exactly, man. I I know I've been listening to some other podcasts saying that Frederick pretty much wants to get into a fight every single night. He's out on the ice. Um, I think he had a couple fights against the Rangers uh, when they played them a couple games ago. So, I mean, you could tell Frederick. I mean, there was two instances last night. I mean, Ovechkin, he, he kind of shoved Ovechkin a little bit and that kind of pissed Ovechkin off. So he gave him the spear the one moment and then the other moment um, they kind of tangled behind the net and Frederick wanted to drop the gloves and Ovechkin's like, bro, I'm not fighting you. What are you doing? So <laughs> Frederick quick yeah, picks like, up his gloves Ovechkin's and joins like, the play you're, again. You're a pigeon. Like, yeah. It's like, you're a pigeon. <laughs> like I, most hockey fans have never heard of the guy. Like we have a hockey podcast. I'd say we're diehard hockey fans. And I forgot the guy's name. So like, who is that guy to go at one of the goats to play the sport? Like, are you kidding me? Like, so good for Ovi, like, and especially good for Ovi that he did it to a guy in Boston. So I hope, I hope the league doesn't suspend him. That'd be, that would stink if they suspended Ovi. Yeah. I, based on what I read today, he's only going to get a $5,000 fine. And I read a tweet to her, read a tweet about it. And they said, compare, like, if you compare that amount of Ovechkin's salary compared to like what a typical person makes for salary, like, say that me or you were paying the fine, it would literally equivalent to about $16. Like a fine that a common person would have to pay, which is like obviously chunk change. So, I mean, Ovechkin, I'm sure he got his laugh and his uh, laugh was well worth a whopping $16. I 
sixteen dollars to spear somebody in the nuts, I think that's that's a good deal, especially if you're loaded. So especially when he's uh, on the Bruins. Yeah, but I'm glad they're not going to suspend them. Yes, and especially when it's Bruins. I'm glad they're not going to suspend them <laughs> though because. The OV goal watch continues. Listen, he's got 713 career goals. This guy's an animal. I really want him to break Gretzky's record of 894. It's going to be a tough road. And I think COVID, COVID, unfortunately, you robbed OV of about 45 games or so in the regular season, give or take, because um, it was about 15 of last year and about, what, 25 of this year. So, you know, 40 to 45 games, OV was completely robbed up because of COVID. So, um, I really hope that that doesn't stop him from breaking Wayne Gretzky's goal record. Exactly. That's going to be insane. I mean, I've heard that he's still in pretty good shape, and I, I think – I can't remember where I heard it, but I believe that he wants to keep playing as long as his body will allow him to. So I, uh, I'd i love to see him break it, and I'd love to see him hit the 900 mark too. That would be pretty cool. Just Oh, yeah. To, I mean, if you're insane. If you're going to get 895 already, I mean, just stick around for another five goals and – get 900 and call it a day, but yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see if he can hit that mark. That's a, that's a milestone where it's like, you just hope Ovi's playing in your city when he hits that 894. Even if like, if, if Ovi broke down, obviously if you broke in Tampa, like, and I was there, my goodness, that would be the coolest thing to ever be at. I think aside (laughs) from like watching your team win the cup in person, seeing a guy break, the all-time goal scoring mark. It's like when Barry Bonds hit the home run, you know, the, his 750, uh, or seventh home run, like, or 56th home run rather. Like it, it would be absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, that'd be great. Uh, we also want to talk about a little bit about our, our good friend out in St. Louis, uh, Jordan Bennington decided to, um, have a rampage, if you will. Is that a good way to describe it, Dill? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he gets pulled, after he allows four goals, I think he had 19 shots against. Um, I was looking at a save percentage. I think it was like 740 or 780 or something. It was it was just terrible. But, yeah, he goes off the ice and tries to pick a fight with one of San Jose's players on the bench. Then he comes over at center ice and threatens to hit Eric Carlson inside the head with his goalie stick. And then uh, – Last but not least, he goes for a third player and tries to get um, Devin Dubnik to drop the gloves, and then he just kind of storms off the ice. It was just just a complete temper tantrum. I mean, I mean, you could tell he was frustrated from allowing four goals, but holy shit, dude! Like, you just allowed four goals and you're getting pulled from the game. Just get the fuck off the ice. Like, like Dubnik said, I, I read some quotes about what Dubnik said after the game. <laughs> Dubnik's like, dude, you're like 150 pounds. Just get the fuck off the ice. Like why are you trying to fake fight guys? Like, just get out of here. So I thought that yeah, was it pretty makes no funny. sense. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense over a regular season game when you play by the way, too, in the worst, I mean, the worst division in the whole league this year, you're basically going to be able to back into the playoffs this year, regular season for you, Jordan Bennington is a complete waste of time. And now you're just giving people ammo to use to get inside your head. Like if you're that mentally frail, like, how do you trust a goaltender that is that mentally frail? Like, you want your goaltender to be the most mentally strong person on your team. And if you're going to snap and have a breakdown like that um, and, and just act like you're a five-year-old kid and have a temper tantrum like that as, as a goaltender, um, that's, a, that's a red flag to me. I don't know. It, it, it completely is, man. And 
like they were saying, I guess some of the Blues players are like, oh, yeah, you only did that to amp the team up and get them motivated, which St. Louis did come back to win that game seven to six. But holy shit, you're playing the San Jose Sharks. It's not like you're playing a freaking team that's a playoff worthy team. You're playing against the Sharks who have been a dumpster fire. The the eight, last three eight, ten and two Sharks. Eight, ten and yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. Like, Full why height. you got to fire up a team that's two years away from or two years from winning the Stanley cup just yeah recently. Yeah. And then you got to amp your team up to beat a team that's below 500 and has been below 500, like the last three seasons. Like, like what the hell? I think he was just pissed off and trying to send a message and he just looked like a freaking dumbass out there. Yeah. It's, it's completely stupid, man. I'm with you there. Uh, Lastly, and then we're going to get to our little division roundup. Um, Dylan, your guy, Patty Kane, scored his 400th goal. He just scored 401 a couple minutes ago. But his 400th goal. How, how does it feel, man? You've seen this guy's whole career. How does it feel to watch? Possibly the greatest American hockey player to ever live, not named Austin Matthews. Yeah, Score his 400th me, goal. Gives me chills, man. I, like, I'm just – because I've been there, like – well, I haven't been there his whole career because I think I started watching hockey like 2011, 2012. But, I mean, I've seen enough clips on YouTube uh, of him over the years. I've pretty much been there his whole entire career. And, yeah, it just seems like yesterday that he was um, just getting to, like, well, 1,000 points. It just happened last season for him. And now he's already at, like, 1,051 points already now just into this season. So, I mean – the milestones just keep racking up for him. And uh, I was kind of talking to my buddy Grant, who I um, co-host on his Blackhawks podcast. And Kaner's actually going to reach his 1,000th game next week, too. Um, we, I kind of wow. talked about that in our first episode there with Crosby. And I said Kane was probably right behind him. And, yeah, I think tonight is Kane's 997th career game. So just to see all these milestones that Patty Kane's racking up and stuff, it's – it's bittersweet and I'm enjoying watching all of it, but it's also kind of a reminder that his career is coming to an end somewhat. So, I mean, it's kind of sad at the same time, but um, I'm, yeah, he's on the back nine for sure. Yeah. I'm just glad to see him slowing down. Exactly. I mean, like everybody's saying analytically, he's getting better with age. Like this year he's second in the league in points right now, and only Connor McDavid and like, that's just unheard of when, especially the Hawks were expected to be a dumpster fire team this year. I mean, to be second in the NHL and scoring without Jonathan Taze, without Kirby doc, and just having to carry the whole entire team on his back is just mind baffling. And it's just been an awesome ride so far this season. And even tonight too, like just taking over again and uh, yeah, just doing what Patty Kane does. You guys look good tonight. Exactly, man. I don't know how we're managing to pull this off so far, but uh, I'm still nervous we're going to choke it in the third, but I'm just... <laughs> we'll, have, we'll, we'll have to stay tuned on that. But, yeah, I mean, you you guys do look sharp tonight, and, uh, I mean, you really look sharp for the lion's share of this season. So let's talk about the Central Division. Look, I think here, here's the deal with the Hawks. Though. I, I, I think the Hawks, you guys got to be careful that you don't overvalue your own guys based on this year. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. don't think like this is a weird year. This is a really weird year for hockey. And honestly, in the central, I think there are four teams that I mean, I think there's three teams this year in the central in Nashville, Detroit and Dallas that are just complete shit. 
Yeah, they are really three surprising. of three of the worst teams in the league. Dallas is really surprising because I mean we were talking before we started recording. Dallas looked like the greatest hockey team on earth the first like week or two of the season, and then yeah, they've with all the COVID stoppages and game postponements they've had, they just I don't know. Like all of a sudden they have a losing record. I'm like, I was looking at the standings the other day. I'm like, what the fuck? Dallas has got a losing record now. Like what the hell is going on there? Yeah. Like, oh, um, and, and but, they and they and they look bad. I mean, they played Tampa played them on on last Saturday. And I was I was out of town. I was watching the game at at, at a bar. And, um, so they got I shut mean, out, right? Or Tampa shut them? Oh out? yeah, it wasn't even close. So Tampa just completely, completely manhandled them. They didn't score against Tampa in both games that they played against them. So I'm like, so that just kind of gives you an idea of where Dallas is at. They can't. They don't have the offense. Oh, their defense hasn't been great. Um, obviously, they've only played 17 games, so. That's why they're at 16 points. Detroit's by far the worst team in the division still. But, yep. I mean, man, the, those three teams, though, Nashville, Detroit, and Dallas, have just looked miserable this year. I still think Columbus is a miserable team in a miserable city. By the way, Columbus Blue Jackets fans, like, calm your tits, all right? Just calm down. Just take about 10% off, all right? Because you guys going at us being like, oh, Columbus. You guys have won one playoff series in your entire sports city's miserable history, all right? You guys are barely even a real city. For those saying, oh, Columbus, it's a great place to live. I've been to Columbus. Aside from the actual city itself, you go 15 minutes outside of the damn city, it's just farms. It's boring. It's gray. It's terrible. There's dozens, if not, you know, every other city probably except Winnipeg is probably a better city to play hockey in. Like, I couldn't – and maybe Ottawa, you can say Ottawa stinks too. But other than – like Winnipeg and Ottawa, and they're in Canada, so obviously that doesn't even count because Canada's barely even a real country. No offense, Canadian listeners. Oh, Jesus. Columbus <laughs> is a horrible city. All right, guys? <laughs> Columbus sucks. Your team is going to be mediocre forever, and you suck. So just calm down. Dude, you're going to have every they earn that ramp, by pissed the way. off everywhere. Good. Us. Come at me. Because here's the thing. I'm tired of Columbus fans being like, ah. We swept the lightning. Yeah, you swept the lightning. Then you got your butts kicked the next round by by Boston, and then we beat you guys last year and won the Stanley Cup. So yeah, take your little sweep. We'll take the cup. Thank you, buddy. So, that's how I feel. Back to the Central Division. Yeah. Um, they earned it. They earned that rant. There's three <laughs> really good teams, though, I think, in the Central. But what are you gonna say about Nashville? Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, Nashville. They've actually been. Uh, They've actually been playing pretty good. I think I heard tonight when I was listening to the Hawks game, they were doing like an intermission update or something. They said Nashville's won four out of the last six games they've played, I guess. Oh, so yeah. uh, maybe things are starting to turn around down there in the good old country music town. But um, yeah. Oh, Nashville's yeah, great city in America. I still stand by their dog shit team this year, man. I think they're just terrible. Um, I, mean, I will say, though, what, what were you going to say? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I hate them i'm trained to hate them them being a regular central division rival of the hawks so i mean i i hate i've always hated the preds <laughs> i yeah. mean they got a good I, I, passionate fan base but just i, I just hate them <laughs> cool place to watch a game too i like i like been to game in nashville a really good time definitely should be on everybody's hockey bucket list but i think the hawks are they're a fun team i don't think they're a real threat i think Tampa, Carolina, and Florida, though, I think they're three really good teams. And I, I don't really think much of that's changed since the last show when we kind of dove deep in them. But I think those three have solidified themselves as pretty good contenders. 
Exactly, man. And it'll be a test for the Hawks this upcoming month because I think we play you guys, Tampa. I think we play you guys like five or six times in the upcoming weeks here. We play Florida, I think, twice. Uh, we play Dallas twice in there. I think we got a couple games against Carolina in there as well. So it'll be a make or break yeah. month for the Hawks to see if they're really a contender or if they're just uh, flying by the seat of their pants right now and getting lucky. So, yeah, I, I got uh, I got tickets to game two weeks from now. So uh, the Lightning Hawks, it's my first game back. First, that'll be my first sporting event since COVID. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a good time. Um Lightning score shorty. I don't know who scored. I was I wasn't watching the TV, so I'm gonna have to turn my turn my camera around here. But uh, yeah, Lightning Sorelli. got a little shorty. Sorelli. Oh, oh, I got Sorelli on the shorty. I got it pulled up on my phone, which I oh, I'll take that because I got him on two of my fantasy teams. So I, oh, I, I there you go. That. That's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the North Division though, because honestly, I love this Canadian. I I love watching the Canadian Division. I love the rivalry, the passion. It's awesome. Um, obviously, the Leafs are running away with it. The Montreal, you know, they're, they've they been a pretty Jekyll or Hyde team. Let's talk about how Montreal can Claude Julien. What are your thoughts on that, Dylan? Um, it kind of caught me off guard at first. I mean, they had that heart, or hot start to the year, and uh, we're looking like the best team in that division there to start off the oh, year. Oh, they were and looking then... like cup contenders to start the year. They legitimately I... were. I was going to say they were scoring goals like crazy. Um, a bunch of no names on their team had like five points in the first five games. Um, I picked up Joel Armia in fantasy. He had five goals or five points <laughs> in the first five games and then got a concussion. I don't even think he scored like, I think he scored twice since he came back. And he, I think he's played like 15 games now. He's been shit ever since he came back. Yeah. But, and that's kind of summed up what um, has happened to the Canadians too since then. I mean, they've, kind of fallen off and uh, back down to earth. And Carey Price has looked terrible this year. I guess he's got like, an, I think, 800-some 800 save percentage or something. Um, Jake Allen's been playing better than Jake Allen's Carey been Price. better than Carey Price. You're, you are 100% right about that, yeah. <laughs> so I just so, I don't know what's wild. going on up there. It's It was kind of a surprising move to me. But um, like a lot of people said um, last year, they might not have even – uh, kept Julian Bang. through the end of the year. Yeah, fuck you, Stamkos. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways, right, I told you, you, the, it. you said I, yeah, I, I told the Hawk, I told you the Hawks would collapse in the third. Um, but anyways, back <laughs> to my Canadians point. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't even been in the playoffs last year if they wouldn't have got lucky with the whole COVID situation hitting. And because I think they were like the 24th best team in the league last year. So, I mean, th they this were. could have been coming last year, but then kind of just delayed a little bit because of the hot start and just the, yeah, two goals in a span of what, minute 51. What the fuck? Hawks are really yeah. good. But anyways, oh, wow. um, so, yeah, this could have been coming for a while now. We just couldn't see it with everything going on. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised on that. But, I mean, evidently uh, Montreal decided it was – time to make a change and we all know who, how Bergevin is when he gets an idea in his head he's going to pull the trigger he he doesn't think twice about it so um no he doesn't and and Bergevin I I I don't know how the guy still has a job I feel like the guys never want to trade like maybe he ended up winning the PK trade but other than that I feel like the guy just gets killed on deals like I get to watch Mikhail Sergachev play every night and for Jonathan Druin like Jonathan Drew's had a great year this year but Mikel Sergich has a guy who's like, he could become a, like an elite defenseman in this league, I think. So 
um, or at least a very good number one defenseman in this league. So I, I, I don't, I don't know how Bergeron still has a job. The Canadians, I feel like they're, they're the team that's like, they're never going to win a cup again, as long as he's kind of in charge there. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, when you go through, I mean, how many coaches have they been through under his tenure? It's got to be up to three or four at this point. You go through three or four coaches, maybe you got to start looking at like the general manager's the problem. Exactly, man. And I, going back to your point on trades, I mean, I know a few <laughs> trades that they've made with the Blackhawks that they won. Um, I think it was back when we were making our cup runs. I think uh, I think it was 2016 or something. We traded Dale Weiss, or we traded for, I think it was Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman. And Dale Weiss was shit. And I think Fleischman didn't even play a game for the Hawks. And we gave oh, really? up, I think it was Philippe Delno or Phil, Philip Delno. Oh, Philip Delno, yeah. In that yeah, trade. Yeah. And oh my player. God, dude, I regret that every day of the week. But um, they did fuck so, up yeah, that one so, year. They, they gave us the second rounder for Andrew Shaw. And that pick ended up turning into Alex Debrinkit. So yeah, that was another uh, fuck up that, on Bergevin's part. That, that's a tough scene right there for Bergevin. But yeah, but overall, you know, Canadian Division, I feel like. Montreal still probably going to squeak in the playoffs unless Calgary gets hot. Calgary's been pretty bad this year. Vancouver's been really bad this year. And then Ottawa's still a dumpster fire. But I think you could pretty much lock in Toronto and Edmonton in the playoffs. Winnipeg's looking really good, too. So, know, you know, sneaky, they've been quiet. They are sneaky. They, yeah, they're very quiet because they have, like they're, – they're kind of like the, for lack of a better term, like the Columbus of hockey teams. Like – they're not really flashy, but I guess sometimes they get the job done, except Columbus only gets the job done once in their entire franchise's 20-year history. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, Winnipeg, they're, they're not really flashy. They're not cup contenders. I think the only real cup contender out of that North Division is Toronto, and they're really fun to watch, obviously. Um, and then if we want to move on to the East, do you have any closing thoughts on that on the, um, the North Division right now? I'm not really. It just – Toronto, yeah, like you said, is probably the main cup contender, but uh, their defense and goaltending is just – I don't think they're – like, th- if they don't outscore teams, they're not going to win games, which in the playoffs, a lot of the playoffs games are end up being low scoring. Oh, so yeah. I just don't think that's going to do them well in the playoffs. If it doesn't, no, because you have to play that – you have to play that tough, grinded out style in the playoffs. So that's how you win. That's how you win the playoffs. Let's move on and, to the East Division. Update, oh, Jan Ruda got credited with that shorty, not Sorelli. Oh, did, I don't not know Sorelli. why it okay. said Sorelli at first, but former Blackhawks, former, Ruda former, I was going to say former Blackhawks, Jan Ruda, baby. Revenge goal. <laughs> Hope everybody started him in DFS tonight. Um, <laughs> so anyway, guys, that East Division, the Mass Mutual East Division. That's right, folks. This division has been as advertised, I feel like. Aside, pretty much, you know, New Jersey, Buffalo, New York on the bottom, kind of like most people thought, and then five pretty good teams vying for four spots with Washington, the Islanders, Boston, and Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. Yep, and uh, Pittsburgh just made a couple changes, so it'll be interesting to see how they fare throughout the rest of the season if they end up uh, trading Crosby or maybe moving Malkin. Malkin hasn't played worth a shit this year, so – I think those um, are off-season moves, though. Yeah, like everybody says, it's a shortened season. I mean, 56-game season, and everything's not even normal anyways. Um, 
So yeah, they might just stay or stay pat till the end of the year and uh, reload for next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm with you. I think I think before you make a drastic action like trading arguably a top five player to ever play the game in Sidney Crosby. Um, I, I, I think that's a decision that you got to wait till the offseason to do personally. I don't think you could do that right now. Um, I, I don't think it should be done in the middle of a short season. I think that's long and hard because if you trade him, you're basically saying you're done. You're rebuilding. You know, you're going back into the dark ages, if you will. So that's tough. That, that's, a, that's a big decision. That's not one I think you make in the middle of a shortened COVID pandemic season. Yep. I mean, and then like all the drama in Buffalo, I mean, it's kind of hard to judge because this division has had like so many COVID, like, oh, they have shit in that division. I mean, yeah, the New Jersey missed a shit ton of games. games. Yeah. Buffalo, you had Ristolainen almost like dying with freaking COVID. Or Did whatever. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. Like my boss was telling me at work, because he's a big Sabres fan. Um, Rasmus, like he was uh-huh. struggling with COVID, like. I guess Connor, yeah, my boss there, he read somewhere that Rasmus Ristolainen, like when he had COVID, he would try to walk upstairs and it felt like his heart was breaking every time like he was walking That's upstairs. Wow, well, I hope he's all right. Yeah, it's Obviously. crazy. I, he actually, I guess he returned the other night finally. But I mean, just that's crazy to hear just a, a guy that's in the NHL, just in the best like physical shape that you could be in, just uh, having how, that how do much you, struggle. How, how do you think my out of shape self would handle it if that was me? <laughs> I'm, I'm so out be... of shape right now. <laughs> I eat Chick Fil A like twice a week. <laughs> like I'm so you, out you, of shape. You, I hear you, dude. I, I eat fast food way more than that. But um, according to your Instagram post, there, Mr. Tom Brady on the beach, there, I think you'd probably kick its ass, just like Tom Brady kicks everybody's ass. Probably right? would, because I just go. <laughs> I'd buy my own beach and just sit there and let the sun bake the COVID away. That's what I would do. Cause that's just, well, that's what we do down here in Tampa. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm glad risk lines. All right though. But yeah, the division has been completely wild. Um, the Rangers, what's that? I was gonna say Philly had a bunch of guys out with COVID too. So, I mean, Claude Giroux has been out. Um, I think Joel Farabee missed a little bit of time Voracek was out for a little bit. Um, yeah, just Capitals had a COVID outbreak there. Ovechkin missed some games. Uh, some other key guys. So Sam Samsonov yeah. or whatever the hell his name yeah. is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, also wanted been... to shout out Alexi Lafreniere. When we first recorded our first episode, he only had one point. He's now up to five. So good for him. I know he finally passed Kevin. Good for Lincoln. him. Way to be. Yeah. Right. Hey, that's <laughs> hey, that's a that's a pretty big accomplishment and. By the way, he does have points, four points, uh, get points in four of his past five games. So, um, Alexi Lafreniere is starting to find his groove. I, I'm, I like him. I'm excited for him. I wish he wasn't a Ranger because I don't really like the Rangers. Um, but he's, he's going to be a fun guy to watch play. I think once he, once he hits his groove and, you know, rookies, rookies, you know, not every rookie bursts onto the scene is phenomenal, especially these 18 year old kids. Like these are, these are kids playing against grown men, like at the end of the day, when you really look at. I know, so. dude. It, it seems like he's starting to finally put the pieces together to the puzzle. And, uh, yeah, he's been on a tear here recently. I He's been scoring. I think the other night he had a deflection goal. And, uh, yeah, he's looking to be starting to live up of all of his hype that he had coming into the season. 
Yeah. And like you said, I, I hate the Rangers too, but I'm glad to happy for him to see him finally getting some confidence and starting to put together a string of good performances. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So out of those five teams, though, that are the likely playoff competitors, Washington, the Islanders, Boston, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh, who do you think is the odd team out this year? Um, I'd say Pittsburgh, just because uh, their core is so much older and their defense is kind of shaky. Um, their goaltending has been wildly mediocre this year. I know that I say that a lot, a lot of teams. Yeah. But, I mean, Tristan it's Jerry's bad. been shaky. Casey DeSmith is Casey DeSmith. Yeah. And I know my buddy um, at college from a couple of years ago, he's a big Pittsburgh fan. And he was talking about um, like last year, two years ago, even when I was still in college about how shit their defense was and they haven't really made any improvements. I mean, Latang got a little bit older. Um, they brought in, what was it? Jack or no, Jack, Jack Johnson. Johnson they got rid of was him. Like, wasn't he like friends with Jim Rutherford or something like that? And that's why they brought him in. I have no clue, but I remember my buddy there, uh, Dylan. He actually, his name's Dylan, too. He was bitching how many, about Jack How Jack many Johnson Dylans and, are in your friend group? Um, <laughs> th- th- there's a few, man. Two or three. Does everybody in, so, in New York just name their kid Dylan? I guess so, man. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny, though. But, yeah, so I, I agree, though. They have – they've kind of flatlined since that – you know, they're going back-to-back, they've kind of flatlined. I know, and they've traded, like, away, like, all their depth pieces, too. I mean, Hornquist, we've seen him going off in Florida this year. Um, Jake Gensel is still really good, really young. Um, So, that that is one bright spot they have. Uh, Brian Rust has played pretty good, but some of the guys they brought in have just been, like, ass. I mean, Jason Zucker, he used to be decent for the Wild. He's did nothing since he's yeah he has now i i completely um, honestly forgot he got traded to pittsburgh until you said that because like he's been that bad i know it's never it's a good sign crazy so yeah just they've lost a lot of their depth pieces they had during those cup runs and just they haven't really had the young talent to come up and take the reins from those guys and yeah you're starting to see it in terms of results yeah, I, I, I feel that completely, man. But at the same um, aspect, you can never count out Pittsburgh because, I mean, they'll lose to a team that they shouldn't lose to or they lose to a team that they, yeah, shouldn't lose to, but then they'll come out next night and beat the Capitals like 6 nothing. Like, so it's it's kind of hard to tell them. It is. That's always kind of how they've been. I, I, I hope it's the Islanders, but yeah, I agree. I think Pittsburgh's the yeah, team out there. I can't I, – I don't want – I don't want to see the boring Islanders get in the playoffs again. Um. <laughs> Let's go out to the West, wrap it up. Um, I hate this division. I really think it's just a terror. Like, the fact that they thought it would be a good idea to put Minnesota, Arizona, and three California teams in the same division, it's like – and have that Eastern division be so loaded. Like, it just kind of – it just – it's not even fair. Like, it's – it's, and I get geography played a pretty big role in it and stuff, but – Division, this division is bad. I mean, the top three, Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, are good, but the rest of the teams are not good. Yeah, and, I mean, like we were talking to on our first – or talking about on our first episode, we thought the Coyotes were kind of hanging in there and they were maybe going to be a threat, but, I mean, they've kind of fallen – similar to Montreal, they've kind of fallen off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Darcy Kemper's been out. Um, their first, their whole team, basically. Yeah, their first line of Garland, Schmaltz, and uh, – Shit, I forget the other guy right now. Oh, Keller. They've kind yeah, of cooled off yeah. a little bit. They haven't been scoring as much. Garland's um, a good player. 
Yeah, he's sneaky. He's a dude. good player. He's, he's so underrated. Like, I love what I've seen from him this year. Um, but yeah, Minnesota's played a little bit better as of late. I think they got two or three wins in a row. That Kareel Kaprizov dude is he's been insane. And yeah. they got that uh Kakanin or whatever his name is in net now for them. And he's been Kakanin, off to a great uh, oh, start. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think he's got yeah. eight wins and like 14 games played or something. And save percentage just over 900 but in recent games he's had like save percentages of like 920 930 did have one roadblock where i think he had like an 805 his last game played but um he's been playing pretty good in that so uh maybe they found a goaltender to first goaltender that they've had since the days of Devin Devin dubnik so yeah for sure um zach Parise, healthy scratch one <laughs> of the worst contracts of all time in all sports Yep. Signing a guy to what was I think it was a 15 year contract. Yeah. That should never happen ever again. That should never happen ever again. And it can't with the new CBA. They can't, you can't sign guys for more than eight years now. But I mean, that contract, if you talk about, there's still five, I think four years left, four or five years left after this year on that contract. That's bad. And and that's why they're, that's why, again, they're, they're always a mediocre team because Parisi is a good player. But he's not a 15-year contract type player, man. So, um, you know that's that's why those teams stay bad. I feel bad for the Wild fans because, but I also feel like Minnesota Wild fans like are, they're hockey fans more than they're Wild fans. If that makes any sense, like the state of Minnesota, they love hockey up there, but I don't like they like the Wild, but I don't think they love the Wild. Like I think there's a lot of people up there who would rather just go watch high school hockey or go watch the Golden Gophers or something like that. My buddy, uh, Wyatt, he goes, Wyatt Kaiser, he's the Blackhawks draft prospect. Um, I, I had the opportunity to interview him back in the day. Um, yeah, he goes to University of Minnesota Duluth, and they're like yeah. the top five in the country, too. And the Bulldogs are um, always a good team. Yep, he's playing top line under defense right now. So that's another big uh, hockey school out that way. So Yeah, they love the game up there, but the Wild stinks, so. <laughs> Pretty much, um, you know. I, or, or, I shouldn't even say they stink. They're like the, the they're like the they're Vikings. Never good. The NHL. They're like the Vikings. Yeah, they really are like <laughs> the Vikings. You're right. You're right. They're the Vikings of the NHL. Like it's it's the best way to put it. Like <laughs> so, yeah. That's just the West is, is crazy. I mean, the the Ducks are. I mean, they're a dumpster fire. Zegras, though, is going to be amazing. I'm excited to see exactly. him grow. Did you see him play. try the Michigan the other I night? Did, yeah. Dude, yeah, that was I ridiculous. Did, if he would have scored that for his first ever goal, that would have been nuts. That would have been one on the highlight reels. World junior gold medalist, by the way, Trevor Zegras. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, that that pretty much sums it up. We're, I like this part of the year. We're humming. Things are humming. There's a lot of games. It seems like knock on wood, but the COVID stuff's been more under control lately. You'd think the guys are probably going to get vaccines before the playoffs. So I read a tweet um, the other day about that too. Um, I guess the NHL, I think um, had only three players test positive in the last like week or so or something compared to, I think the season high was at like 54 or something. So yeah, not going to lie. I was a little nervous because I mean, I, I didn't think that they would actually cancel the season, but I was, I was a little nervous that they were going to like put it on pause or something because, um, because of all the COVID stuff that was happening like about a month ago, but it's, it seems knock on wood right now that's under control. And like, like I said, like you would think that 
you know, apparently there's going to be vaccine widely available by the end of May. So you'd think that all the sports leagues like would get their players a vaccine. Like, I think, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a diehard sports fan, but I would have been like, honestly, like, yeah, they can get it first, actually. Like, if, I, if I'm being, like, big, I know, just give us something to watch. Like, like just entertain me. Just, yeah, give us entertain something to watch. Me. <laughs> yeah, so, but it, it sounds like they're they're all going to get it soon, and or hopefully, and um, you know, we'll have a really good smooth playoffs this year and just like we did last year and, you know, get everybody gets to watch the Tampa Bay uh, lightning repeat. So it'll be a good time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Dylan, any closing thoughts tonight, man? Um, nope. Just, uh, waiting, checking my phone here impatiently waiting for the lightning to score another goal to go up three or two and then, uh, be pissed off the rest of the night. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much the rest of my, <laughs> that's the only th- blurb I got so there we go well listen this has been a good time as always uh, my closing thoughts uh, it's simple um if you're a blue jackets fan you suck so congratulations so that's about it and uh go lightning stanley cup champions um and yeah we'll see you guys next time